This is More to Say with Randy Naughton. Interesting conversations with interesting people. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. I'm back. I'm Randy Naughton, and this is More to Say with Randy Naughton. Interesting conversations with interesting people. Now, I know what you're saying. You're saying, wait a minute. You were on TV in St. Louis for 30 years, the morning show for 23 of those. We watched you every single day in your hair and your makeup and your lashes and your spanks and your all that business. And you retired last year, Randy. What the heck are you doing here? Well, it turns out after a year of reflection and after a year of being retired, I realize I have more to say. Hence the name of our podcast. We're going to be dialing it up with some very interesting people and uh, who have interesting things to say. And the reason we're talking about this today, in fact, I'm calling this episode, Who Are You Calling Retired? Because if anybody who knows me knows I like to talk, they know I like to engage with people, they know I like to stay creative, and they know I like to be busy. So recently I went on Twitter and I posed the question. In fact, it was um, just over the holiday weekend. I said, here's a question. If you're retired, is it what you expected? Why or why not? If you're not retired, how do you envision yourself being retired? Some people say, oh, I'm going to help animals. I just turned 62. I'm considering it. Retirement is good. I still work part time. Otherwise, I'd be bored. Um, I keep moving. That's the key. Keep moving. Um, I work 20 hours a week consulting. So for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to travel. Well, I did. I went to Finland. I go to New York city. I go back home to Western New York quite often to see my family. Um, I'm going to get more involved with animals. Well, I always do. My daughter has a horse. I love my doggies, one one of whom is laying right next to me right now, little Thor. And I adopted a one-eyed mini horse, one-eyed mini horse, and I named him Uno. So I get outside every day. I ride my bike. I go to the lake. I go on the wave runner. I'm an outdoor naturey person. And if any of you follow me on social media, you know I love nature. I take photographs of birds and trees and deer. I just posted a bunch of things online over the weekend about what I did over the Labor Day weekend with, you know, all the bird. I'm a bird nerd. I like it. I'm not one of those people who would call myself a birder, but I like it. So the thing is, my husband's been retired prior to me for about five years, and he's got it down. According to some people, he loves to fish. He loves to golf. He loves to relax. After being an executive in a major corporation at MasterCard for almost 30 years himself, he said, I'm retired. I'm done. I'm relaxing. I'm doing my thing which is what you think your mindset's going to be. Well, I found myself on numerous occasions getting ready to climb the walls. Oh my gosh, what am I doing? What did I do? I'm bored. Now, mind you, I have a voiceover and narration business that I do commercials and um, phone systems and, and web tutorials, those boring things you click through at work. My voice is on a lot of those things worldwide. And I do that, but it's not constant. It doesn't keep me engaged. It doesn't keep me going. I'm like, oh my gosh. So then I Googled, how do you prepare for retirement? 99% of the articles I came up with talk about your money. Oh, did you prepare? Is your 401k set? Is your retirement set? Are you going to have enough to live on? You're going to have to get a part-time job. A lot of it was about that and not a whole lot of it was about how do you 
mentally prepare yourself for this phase of your life, the third act, if you will. And the reason I say that is because we're bringing in our our, our guest. You're my very first guest, Patricia. This is Patricia Cavanaugh. She is a former psychotherapist out of the San Francisco area. And you became a retirement life coach after you realized that weren't many people, weren't many resources for people like me to make that transition. So here I am with a podcast sitting in front of a camera <laughs> a year after leaving that. Am I the norm? Do you hear that a lot? I I do hear that because people manage to find me through Google or word of mouth or whatever. But so many people ran up against the same thing that you did when you were researching retirement. It's it seems to all be about financial planning. Right. And Google just, you know, latches onto that, the Google crawl. So um, but. But I have found so many people who really want to have an exciting retirement get bored really quickly after six months or a year. They've done their travel. They've cleaned out their closet. They've reorganized their basement. They've done all that stuff. They put in the garden and then they wake up one morning and they go, now what? Now what? And so that that's where I come in. And so what I offer people and what I think is so important for so many of the boomer generation is to have a plan. Um, If you don't have a plan, just like a financial plan, if you don't have a life plan for your third act, then life just happens to you. And that that can be okay, But but it's not intentional. It's not like you're you're in charge of it. You're letting it happen to you. And that might be great for some people, but for the people that I work with, it's just not enough. It's just not enough. Right. And and I, I liken it to myself going from 100 miles an hour to zero. And I'm like, whoa, I've been working since I was 12 years old. You know, I started picking fruit at a local farm. I mean, I could pick strawberries like nobody's business. Um, you know, it started. And, and when I turned 16, my dad said, okay, you're now responsible for your own school clothes and your own lunch money. I come from a family of seven. My dad was a civil servant. You know, we weren't, we weren't living large by any stretch. So I understood that's the way it's, and he always told me, you don't deserve anything unless you work hard for it, which I believe I've done that over my 40 year career in radio and television. But, you know, I saw my husband, I go, oh, cool. We'll hang out more. We'll have a lot more fun. And I don't disparage him. He's living his life and having a great time. And I'm like, oh, I thought we were going to do more. I mean, we do eat dinner together more because normally (laughs) that would be my bedtime because I had to get up in the middle of the night. Um, But I can't expect him to change his retired life just because I'm bored. Do you find that some spouses come into that kind of issue? Absolutely. Because, um, you know, when I work with couples, I, I, I always say you have to have a third act plan for yourself. Your your partner has to have a third act plan, and then the couple has to have a third act plan, so that that you grow in retirement as as well as before retirement. So so I that's my suggestion for couples such as yourself. It often happens that way that people have different ideas. I had one couple who they hadn't even talked about retirement, and um, the husband wanted to retire and buy a place on a golf course. 
And his wife, unbeknownst to him, wanted to retire to New York City so she could go to theater and and uh, museums and ballet and all wow, of that. that's a big difference. A big difference. A big difference. So, yeah, it's important to talk about these things ahead of time. And so and one of the things I recommend is people think about their retirement way before they actually retire. So if you're thinking you're going to retire at 65, maybe you start thinking about it towards the end of your 50s and really begin to um, look at what you might want to be doing, what might give your life meaning and purpose um, right. after the work, after your work life. After your regular getting up in the middle of going to work and doing all that stuff. Um, exactly. We are speaking with Patricia Cavanaugh. She is a former psychotherapist, now a retirement life coach out of the San Francisco area. And she has a website called the thethirdact.com. And it helps people kind of mentally prepare and get through this third act, which is retirement. Um, I don't necessarily say that I'm retired I just kind of left the job I was doing for 30 years at that place um, because I don't see myself being retired. With that said, do you find retired couples, we'll get back to couples, do you find that when they are together and you have people in your office, their dynamic changes where, for lack of a better term, they want to choke each other? <laughs> um, you know, I've had couples where the husband, um, had um had retired like yourself and the and the and the wife had not retired and the husband had looked to the wife always for his social contacts um his contacts were mostly in business and it really stirred up a lot for him that she wasn't available for him to take him out and meet other people she was still busy working so one of the things we discussed was finding a way for him to reach out into his neighborhood and into his community and make his own connections and they checked back in with me i think it was about 6 or 9 months later and he had developed a whole group of friends in his neighborhood that he'd never had time to do before and had a whole neighborhood appreciation and a neighborhood beautification process with his friends in the neighborhood. But it was it was pretty dicey there at the beginning between yeah. the two of them because she was feeling resentful and he was feeling hurt. So absolutely, that can happen. Do you find that some people, and I see this in myself looking back now, whereas I'm starting to kind of branch out and do things and join clubs and go places and meet other people and do other things, which is outside of my comfort zone because I was always, and this may be the wrong term, I was kind of held hostage by my schedule. I had to go to bed at 7 p.m. I'm up at two in the morning. I can't go to dinner at seven. I have to wind down at four. So I was basically in this little schedule bubble where oh. I couldn't go outside of that. And now I'm understanding, okay, you're allowed to now. You don't have to be in your jammies by six, but I'm still doing it sometimes out of habit. Well, it's 40 years. I mean, it's yeah. going to take a minute to shift that. And and then are you excited to be able to go out and meet with people and, you know, do more socializing? Is that something that's really? Truth be told, uh, socialization was part of my job before. So when I was in my own time, um, I kind of held back and I was sort of kind of an introvert. I like to be home. I like to cook. I like to, I like to stay home. So it's like, oh, I socialize for a living. I don't want to do that outside of other than my close friends. But now I'm thinking, okay, now you really need to branch out and do that. 
Now you need to make new friends, which I'm starting to do that outside of the circle that I had at the TV station. Right, right. It's really interesting that you bring up that particular issue. Um, There's a really phenomenal um, uh, human developmental study that's been going on in Harvard for a long time. Um, It's pretty well known. And one of the things that, and they were studying how do we age well? How do we age well? What's successful aging? And the main thing they came up with is that it's so important to have positive relationships. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter where you live. But if you don't have a few good relationships in your life, then you will not have a happy, healthy, successful um, third act. Right. Third act. I like that phrasing. Do you find that my timing is pretty much on point with what you see with other people where uh, it, it, I was, I held back for six months and the second six months, I'm kind of starting to branch out. Is that the normal timeline? Am I behind the times? No, I would, I would say that's pretty normal. I, I think people, um, uh, people really need to go through this process. It's a huge shift. And what, what else is new about this, Randy, is that this is the first time in the, on the history, in the history of the planet that people have been um, this old and still vibrant, still re- relatively healthy, relatively wealthy, and have this whole burst of, n- of another 20 or 30 years. Right. We've never, never had that. And so there are very few role models for this. There's very few, there's very little information out there because we just haven't gone through it as human beings. But now we're finding the research is showing that yeah, we are, we are growing. We are still developing in this third act. Our brains are changing and shifting and growing, and so are we. So it takes a minute. I'm getting back to, am I on track? It takes a minute to make that shift um, because you're so used to going one way and then to kind of downshift and right. have to go into first and then second and then maybe third, uh, you know. And also it takes a lot of reflection and a lot of Kind of checking out, is this what I want to do? Is that what I want to do? So, no, I think you're right on target. You're right on target. You brought up the you brought up the health and the wellness of the people in this age group um, in retirement age. I want to share with you a story. My husband still is very close friends with his friends. He's 62 um, with people he played Little League with when he was six years old. We get together once a month for the last 30 years and do supper club. It's at somebody else's house and we, we've we all grown together. This has been going on forever and ever. So that's our social circle. Um, and one of our dear friends in that group sadly passed away about five or six years ago from breast cancer. And then we all kind of adopted this mantra, the rule of 72, 72 years of age you know what? You worked all your life. You made your money. And it's like, what are you hanging on to it for? Live. Because by the time you're 72, you might not be able to get out of bed. You might not want to get out of bed. You might not want to go on that trip. You won't, you know, you won't, won't want to shower your grandkids with presents. So it's like, spend your money, live your life. Um, and we call it the rule of 72. So every time we hear somebody Oh, they just retired and a week later they dropped dead. Oh, rule of 72. We always bring it up. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the mindsets I'm trying to get into as well. Whereas I was like, oh, we can't spend that money. My husband's a little freer with that than I am. <laughs> but I'm starting to get into that mindset myself. But I love that. 
I love that little rule of 72 thing that we talk about. Right. What's what's wonderful about this particular stage of life is that it's it's quite different from the second act where you're really under somebody else's thumb. Usually it's you're mm-hmm. working for somebody, you have somebody else's schedule. Um, you're you, you know, you're um, yeah, you're working for somebody else. And now this is your time. It's your schedule. You do with it what you want. So there's a kind of freedom of choice about about how you want to live. Do you want to keep getting up at four in the morning or do you want to sleep in? Um, my my partner and I, you know, I used to get up every morning at 4.30 to go to the clinic. And when I, when I stopped doing clinic work and started this third act business, you know, I didn't get up until I woke up. And then I took my time drinking coffee, reading the paper, checking my emails. You know, I was in bed you know, till nine or 10 in the morning, depending on the day. Um, So when you have this rule of 72, like live your life now, this is your one precious life, as Mary Oliver says. So it's important to really embrace this spectacular time that we have now as in the Western civilization, Western culture. I wanted to ask when you get, let's say, couples in your office and in your clinic, do you find that it skews more toward Marriage counseling, financial planning, which way does it go? You know, um, I, I, well, I don't do financial planning. So if there's financial stuff that comes up, what I recommend couples do is have a life plan. Like this is what we want to do in our third act. This is where we want to explore this. We want to, we want to work together, going to Africa and helping African villages. We want to help animals but that they have a plan and then they bring that plan to their financial planner. But, but for sure to talk about the plan together again, it's like have your own individual plans, but then have a way that you want to join together as a couple. Um, And then bring, bring all three of those plans to your financial plan so that they can really assess, do you have the money for this or don't you have the money or do you need to make more? What do you need to do? Right. Do you find um, what percentage of people that you speak with go back to work, whether it part-time consulting or whatever? You know, um, I, I would say maybe two thirds don't go back to work at, to the job they had before or something right. like um, some people do consulting because they have such wisdom and experience in their business. Um, but, um, and some people uh, want to have their own business. They want to create something brand new. They don't want to do what they've done before. Right. One of the processes I've done with, with clients is to, um, to ask them to assess their skills and strengths, what their strong suits are, and then decide what they want to take with them going forward. It's kind of like packing your bag for a journey. Like, what do you want to take on this journey now? You know, you might be good like you were terrific, terrific, terrific in doing a lot of social stuff. And and you've taken some of that skill and put it into this new business. You haven't let it all go, but you've let parts of it go. You've let the structure part of it go. go. So it's it's kind of assessing. Um, So I'm not sure if I answered your question. You did. Okay. okay. You did. Okay. And I'm going to wrap it up with one one question. So if there's somebody out there 
who is, you know, they might be in a position, you know, here in the next five years, I think I'll be able to do this. I'll be able to take that next step. I'll be able to start enjoying the third act of my life in retirement. Um, What is the one thing you can tell them to do today to start preparing? Ooh, that's, uh, I love that question. Um, I, I, one of the things that, that, that I've heard over and over and over again from my coaching clients is that they've never given themselves time to reflect on what it is that they'd like to do. And so it's really important to take time to pull out a journal or on your computer and just let your mind wander and take time to reflect how you might see yourself in your third act, how you might envision yourself in your third act. Because most people, this is a big problem. Most people who've worked really hard, it's hard for them to imagine a life outside of work. So to take time and reflect, to begin with, to reflect and think about um, what what you might be able to do in your third act, what you might want to do. And one way of doing that is to think about what you had to set aside in your second act in order to um, in order to work things, dreams that you had playing the piano. Um, you know, That's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Something I've always wanted to do, but I never could. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so then thinking about bringing that back into your life now. So interesting. Maybe it's it's in the other room right over there, the piano that it I don't play. It's in the other room just <laughs> sitting there. And believe me, my husband brings it up often. Well, I don't know if this was a, a, a counseling session for me. And I sure hope that the viewers got as much out of it that I did. It gave me a lot more insight into the third act and how I can better approach it. And I hope the people watching are able to do that too. Now with your website, the third act, uh, three, the number rdact.com, the third act.com. Do you do virtual sessions as well? I do do virtual sessions. Okay. That's, that's what I do. So, you know, get in touch with me wherever you are. <laughs> I'm available. That's great. Cause I, yeah, that is really great. I really enjoyed our conversation, Patricia. And I thank you very much for being our very first guest on more to say with Randy Naughton, because you are indeed an interesting person. And we had an interesting conversation. That's the whole idea of this. I'm not well, done quite yet. <laughs> you are not done. That's for sure. I can see that with the vibrancy of, of, of your questions and the thoughtfulness of your questions and presentations. So thank you. I feel very honored. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And we'll make sure to let our viewers know your website and how they can get a hold of you. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Go ahead and have a great day, Patricia. Thanks. You too, Randy. Bye now. All right. Bye-bye. This has been More to Say with Randy Naughton. Interesting conversations with interesting people. Be sure to like or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.